Welcome to this episode of the Payment Show podcast. I'm your host, Satwant Full, and today I'll be speaking to PJ Gupta, who is the founder of Checkbook. Checkbook is a platform which enables organizations to reduce the costs and overheads of handling and processing check payments. This episode will be fascinating to anyone who, like me, assumed that check payments are actually declining. If that's your assumption, you will find this episode entertaining as well as informative. If you're new to the show, this podcast aims to help you increase sales and profits in your company through the latest payment technologies and platforms. For more information, please visit digitalmoneylab.com. Enjoy the show. PJ, welcome to The Payment Show. Really appreciate you coming on. You're running a bit late. I was wondering if that's any top secret project you're working on or if it's just, just something running over. We, um, we did uh, more than $40 million of uh, transactions yesterday, so I was counting all the bills by hand. Congratulations. Maybe you should have had some champagne as well this morning. So, Well, thank you. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. I think this will be an interesting one because I, well, first of all, I could probably just start the show by saying Czechs, USA. <laughs> That's quite a rare thing to have in, in Europe and other parts of the world. So it should be pretty fascinating to see what you're doing in this space to to modernize it. And just to set the scene for everyone, first of all, PJ, you're the, the founder of Checkbook. And for those listening in British English, that's C-H-E-C-K, not Q-U-E. And it's an all-in-one push payments platform. I think it would be nice to start with this statement that the Federal Reserve issued a report in 2018 stating that there are more than 15 billion paper checks sent within the US. And that has a whole load of issues that I'm sure you could talk about all day. So I wanted to hand it over to you and open the stage and explain why you decided to clearly address this problem as opposed to getting involved in something else within the payment space. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Satwant. Delighted to be here. This is, you know, payments are my passion. Once upon a time, I used to, to work for Visa. That's a company you may have heard of, teeny tiny company. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And it was very interesting when when I, uh, you know, the, the, the date of founding Checkbook goes back all the way. We, we launched in March 2016. And I was writing that last paper check and wondering why do I need to order a check, you know, a whole check, book of checks or 200 checks just to do that. And given my my proclivity in, in, in payments, I looked at some of the, the numbers and some of the statistics for what is going on in payments. And at the highest level, I found that paper checks in the U.S. were transmitting four times the total amount of somewhere between three to four times the total amount of all the money on Visa and MasterCard, credit and debit combined. And it was mind boggling to decipher that statistic. I would have expected you to say a quarter, not four times. Four times. I mean, these are numbers. These are not projections. These are numbers that the federal reserve it publishes a triennial report and one just came out like literally the 2018 as as you can tell from the the year was a little while back but one just came out literally this past monday april 21st over over the weekend on 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 friday and here is the one 
snippet that I think you may find very interesting. The average value of paper check payments in the U.S. increased from the year 2018 to 2021. Increased. Now, what, why is the total amount? Now, the number of checks is, is going down, but the amount of money that is being transmitted actually increased. And this runs counter to, to any expectation that one might have that, wait a minute, that, that amount of money that is being sent through checks should be decreasing. And the Fed report has all the numbers. You, 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 you can see it in there. It, it says that it, the increment hasn't been much, but, but the main thing is it's not going down. And that's the question. The answer to that question is why we are here at Checkbook, why I decided to, to found the company and why it gives me reason to wake up every day and uh, come to work and do it all. That's really shocking to me. I mean, first the four times number, like I said, I would have expected you to say something like a quarter. It's a quarter of the volume and we're yeah. close, you know, we're within 10 years of getting rid of them all. That would have been something sensible for me to to understand. But yeah, the other way around just seems crazy to me. So I can I can totally get why you're in this space. Would I be right in saying yeah. that a lot of those checks are issued by companies and not individuals, yeah. right? That, uh, yeah, you, you read my mind because that is what I was going to say. So I, I think you and I should be in the same line of business because the question then arises, who, you know, wh why is this number, the total amount of money that is being transmitted now going down in, in, in paper checks? I mean, come on, it's, it's, we're in 2023. And the answer is that businesses Individuals have are moving on, have moved on. There are a bunch of different apps out there, but it's none of those are designed for businesses. And businesses have a specific set of requirements that is not satisfied by any or many of these apps. And I'm happy to, to talk a little bit about it with the, the feedback that we've seen. But that is the main reason that businesses, the, they, they don't have an easy way there are really just three ways to send money in, in the U.S., almost anywhere in the world, but particularly in the U.S. The first one is the most popular one seems to be emerging is ACH. The problem with ACH is that if I have to send an ACH to either a business or an individual, I need to have their bank account information. They may be reluctant to provide that. I may not have that. I need to verify it. Then I need to push the money through a special relationship with my bank to that bank account. I could do a wire transfer, but those are costly. Again, I need the same financial information, the bank information, et cetera. So if I don't have their bank account information, the only option left to me is paper checks. All I have is a name, address, and maybe a phone number and email. And that is where we come in, where we complete the lost mile. But Again, the, 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 the short answer to your question is it is all the businesses, the big ones, the small ones that are sending out payments where they don't have the recipient's bank account number and they have no choice but to send it out using a paper check. One more question, and maybe this is cynical. Mm -hmm. How many movies have we all watched where somebody says the check's in the mail? But do you think there's a bit of a, uh, a bit of an incentive uh, to hold on to that cash and make make things more difficult for customers to get their money? 
the, the, there are interesting jokes and puns about uh, Czech being in the male, the, the Czech citizen and, and, and the bear being the, the male bear and the female bear who's eaten up by, by the bear, but I'll, I'll hold off on that one. <laughs> Czech is in the male has been, you know, one of the, one of the sort of constants. I'll look, I'll, I'll get, get to the meat of it. For the longest time, the interest rates were almost negligible. So holding on to the money didn't make any sense. Even today, while the interest rates have temporarily gone up, there is really, what is it that the businesses are aiming for? Because the, the reason for holding on to the money in, you know, let's say 10 years back, 20 years back, when it was a paper world, was different than today's world, because today everything is online. So really the question is transformed into, do you really feel that you as a business will be able to derive any value from holding on to the funds when the world has moved on to much more efficient ways of doing transactions? Your partner or your competitor is expecting to disperse everything in real time or on at least online and and hopefully real time and uh and that's what the market expects so do you really wish you know is is, is the pros and the cons here or, or the balance here is hey i can hold on to my funds for a little longer but it's coming at the expense of the relationship because the recipient is waiting and if they are not going to receive their funds in an industry standard time frame they are that relationship is going to be adversely affected so do you really want to keep the funds at the expense of the relationship and most businesses would say no and when they look at the value proposition the total cost it is far more efficient in terms of sending the funds in real time and thereby keeping the business opportunities alive open and expanded as opposed to the itsy bitsy that you can get from some kind of float just because the interest rates are temporarily yep. high. So for most businesses, no. Okay, great. Thanks for that. And one final question around the current state before we move into your solution. People who have been on the show in the past have said that a lot of payment sort of refunds via check, all that kind of stuff is, is hard-coded in, you know, lots of legacy code, lots of legacy systems and software. And would it be right in saying, would I be right in saying that because of what you had said earlier, well, we've only got SEH or we've got wire, even if a company did want to innovate in the past, they couldn't really anyway? Yes. Um, there, there, there are two parts to that, that question. One is, you know, how, how do you go past the entrenched legacy? And, and payments is a two-sided problem. The sender and the receiver, the payer and the payee, you have to solve both sides. You can you can start at the sender side, but if you don't have the recipient information, you're stuck. If you do have the recipient information, then you can do one of those things, ACH, wires. But again, because the entrenched infrastructure, the costs are prohibitive, ACH might be cheaper in terms of the per transaction cost, but the whole cost of setup and maintenance and return processing and exception processing plus the three-day delay that is inherent in ACH, you can combine all of those, it starts adding up. So transforming to an online system is again two 
there are two major issues. One is just the entrenched legacy and the way of doing things. So the software portion of it, the ERP portion of it needs to be changed. Then the other part of it is using an underlying settlement, payment settlement rail, which is efficient and hopefully real time. And so both of those problems are compounding the move. And, uh, and we have some, you know, I, I can talk about what we do, but that, that is the essence of, of the equation, that it is the entrenched legacy as well as the underlying rails. And there are solutions that exist and they're efficient solutions, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough problem to, to, to start with. That's been pretty enlightening. Let's move on to the meat of your solution. You've effectively got two main solutions. Payments is obviously one that encompasses things like yeah. mailed checks, printable checks, real-time payments, instant pay, virtual cards. So I'll get you to talk about it in, that in a moment. And then secondly is invoices. And then part two, or section B of your platform, multi-party payments, payfac marketplaces, and uh-huh. integrations. So they're the two big areas. And it would be great if you could drill down into both of them. Sure. Let, let's start from the, the, the problem statement. You know, I, I always like to start from the problem. What is the problem that we're solving? Because every so often you, you have people with, with uh, fun minds and great, great minds uh, come up with a, a solution for a problem that doesn't exist. Entrepreneurs sometimes do that. It makes them make <laughs> just, to, just to feel good. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, are, are we solving a problem that, that is real, that has consequences, that is a painful problem that needs to be solved? And, and the answer is an emphatic yes. And let's start from the problem statement. You know, businesses have legacy systems that they are stuck with and, and they want a way to get the payments across faster in an efficient way, meaning that there are minimal exceptions that, that is smooth and efficient way of, of transmitting payments, bulk payments, not just hundreds, but thousands, maybe even tens, hundreds of thousands, millions of payments large companies are doing. And, and there are certain very specific use cases. The refund companies, the rebate companies, the insurance companies who are sending out claim payments. These companies are doing not thousands, but millions of, of payments every year. And they need an efficient way that scales. So... In terms of what we're doing, the, our value proposition is, is fairly simple. We started the source of the problem, which is the, the legacy system. And the legacy system is designed to take the recipient's name, it could be a business name or an individual name, and either an email address or a phone number or a physical address. That's, that's it. That's all we need at Checkbook. And you make a call to our API or you upload a file. You can do it either way. And then we take care of everything else. We are effectively completing the last mile of payments. And that's where all of these other systems come in. And we give a choice both to the payor and to the payee that you can pick any form of rail that you wish to be dispersed with ACH or push to cart. You input your ATM or debit card number and the money's in your bank account in 10 to 20 seconds. With us, you can get a virtual card, a, a, a prepaid virtual card, which has got the balance. So you got a 16-digit number, four-digit expiration. You can use it anywhere online. You can upload it to a wallet and, and use that anywhere offline. 
So the whole idea is transform is transforming, not just going from paper or legacy to ACH and then to real time. It is taking everything that is there in the legacy system, providing one single API, one single interface, and a slew of options that can be configured without any programming, and being able to process the, and send the funds directly to the recipient's account without the recipient necessarily having to take any action. I mean, there are a bunch of different options that we provide. The recipient can take action. There's a timeout that they can take action in, or you can push it directly to, to their bank account or to their card that is on file. So in one call, we're solving the problem end to end and going from legacy, complete legacy paper, you know, takes weeks, checks in the mail. And, and it's, you know, the, the fundamental problem with, with paper is not the one or two dollars in stationery and postage. The fundamental problem is that that exception, that one to two percent of checks that are actually misdelivered, they cost more than one hundred dollars per exception because somebody has to manually make a phone call and get on the phone and manually put a stop payment and manually reissue the check. And when you start adding all those dollars and the amount of time wasted and spent, it's anywhere from $102 per transaction. Now you start adding all of those costs and the actual cost of sending a, a paper check, it was a study done by Goldman Sachs, is north of $8 per transaction. And imagine being able to do it at an order of magnitude less for pennies and being able to get real-time payments across. That's our concept. That is what we do. That is what we built starting as a concept and, and supplying to our business customers. Let me play that back to you using an example, an actual scenario I had. So when I moved rental properties, maybe five, six years ago, I had, you know, after giving the meter readings, et cetera, I think I had an $8 check sent to me. So based on what you've just said is, have I got this right? So that utility company could use checkbooks so that that $8, I can choose maybe to receive it as a payment to a prepaid card or just a payment to my bank, but it would depend on the utility company to choose the outputs. Have I got that right? You, you, you've got it pretty much right. That it, it really is that simple. The output utility company will simply send you a notification using your email. Checkbook will give you a choice of a certain time during the, you know, one day where you will be presented with a set of options that you can choose. If you don't choose an option and we already have your information on file, we will push it to the default option. No action required. And you see the money, $8 in your bank account. So it really is that simple. If we don't have the information, then, then you got to pick an option and you can do it online. The, the fun part of doing this is that there is no login. There is no password. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to, as a receiver, you don't have to come to Checkbook's website. Nobody needs to know who you guys are, apart from your business customers. Yeah. Bingo. And, and unlike the consumer apps like Zelle, Venmo, Square Cash, PayPal, etc., there's no app to download. So you don't have to go to your phone, download a new app, sign up, register, none of that. Point, click, pick, you're done. Fantastic. And that, and we, and we think that that's that's a differentiator. We think that that is something that the fact that we can ease it for the recipients is going to be a huge differentiator, because ultimately 
any business, even though they may say, hey, we, we don't, you know, it's the receiver side, they can take care of it. Ultimately, the receiver is a direct or an indirect customer of the business. So it does help the, the sender quite a bit in terms of the efficiency. But go ahead. In the UK here, we've got faster payments, etc. But I deal with many companies where I've only got one option to receive money. So in, in some ways, your solution's offering more in the States than here. So yeah, it's definitely innovative. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll come over to the UK too. Looking forward to it. I don't know what the usage is here like for, for checks, but but nonetheless, I love the fact that just offering that optionality is, is gained, putting the consumer or the end user, to put it more accurately, putting them first. That's great. You mentioned some use cases earlier, so maybe I can dig into those a bit. Insurance companies use your solution because they, yep. they have a lot of payouts. So payouts is a big theme. So if you could talk about that in a bit more detail, that would be great because that's, that's increasing all the time in terms of marketplaces especially. And then you've got some other case studies such as ATH Power Consulting on your website. That was cost savings, which was the key benefit there. And then on the flip side, you've got Ace Plus, which is a company that is involved with mystery shopping. So maybe you could talk about some of those case studies and and also payouts as as well, because a lot of companies are offering that now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy to. Look, insurance industry is one of those things that you know, for to, to put it mildly, move slowly. And they are used to doing things the way they are. That's not to say that they don't want to. And, and we've seen a lot of, what shall we say, interest from the insurance vertical because they've got a specific problem. They have to send out claim payments and all they have is the person's address, whether it's a physical address, email address, or phone number. They don't have the recipient's bank account information and they don't want to incur the extra cost and the delays of sending paper checks because they're regulated and they have to send the claim payment out. They can't just hold on to it. So that is a very specific, I mean, there's a very, it's it's a large industry and, and it has a very specific use case. The other ones we're seeing are rebates and that's where the mystery shoppers come in. Again, how do you send funds to someone where all you have is their name and email address. And, and that's that's a, a use case, that's a, a classic, it, it's a slam dunk use case for checkbook. We also have some of the other ones, class action lawsuits. They're sending out millions of paper checks. And again, the problem is how do you enroll the recipient to get their bank information, particularly when some may not be willing to share it and and what happens when that information expires and how do you keep it up to date and are you going to be compliant in in holding that information all the audits that go on with it is that what your business's core competence is so we we solve all those problems with we do all the the last mile completion we do we are the ones who are compliant and and go through all of those checks and balances and and uh, all all the audits that we're required to do. So so that's where we come in. Those those are all the the main use cases: insurance, refunds, rebates, class actions. Real estate is is, is a big one, where they are sending out payments for both on on the disbursement side as well as on the collection side. Large payments. Oftentimes, there are multiple payees involved. 
It could be a lien holder and a, a husband and wife, a spouse, you know, two, two people. So now three entities need to get paid. How do you do that? And, and typically, traditionally, you made out a, a paper check with, with three recipients. We have taken that concept and bought it completely online. You can specify three recipients, recipients in the API call or in the online file. And again, we take care of collecting the endorsements, doing it all online without having to sign up or download any app on the receiver side. That's almost taking a little leaf out of the Ethereum smart contract book, which is which is really impressive. And I think this... It is, yeah. Yep, keep going. I've never heard a conversation about payouts of class action lawsuits. And I've watched a lot of movies and listened to a lot of podcasts in my time. And that was really interesting to learn about that. It's a it's a real problem. I mean, you know, it, it, the, those payments need to be sent, and they're often not very large. And how do you send them? There is no easy way. Two years back during the pandemic, the U- U.S. government was was sending out disbursements to families and individuals, and while a significant number of them went through ACH, also a large number. Of I, I think it was almost about 30% or something like that. There were 54 million paper checks that were sent by the federal government to disperse those. Why? Because they don't have their bank account information. And those are all use cases where we can come in and provide a super elegant solution with, with ease of use for both the payer and payee. Anyone listening who's thinking of using your solution, your pricing looks pretty compelling. So you've got three tiers, pay-as-you-go at one end. At the high end, you've got custom plans, of course, because you must deal with huge organizations. And then there's a middle tier around $500 a month. So it seems that you're very flexible in in terms of dealing with all types of businesses. So it'd be great if you could talk about that and also getting your solution implemented depending on what kind of business you are, how long that takes, how to engage with you guys, and how that how that happens? That's a good question, uh, Satvan, because that goes to the heart of our... You know, each startup has its culture. Each startup has its way of doing things. Each startup has a certain specific way that the people at the core of the company implemented the system. The way we did it, the way I wanted to do it, and the way the people who came in and... and help us build, me and, and others help us build this, to, to build it from ground up where we build in functional differences in the infrastructure to increase the efficiency by an order of magnitude. And that has to do with how we do things like compliance, how we do things like audit records, reporting, how we scale payments, what kind of infrastructure we have. And if you're able to smartly craft it in a way that is fundamentally different by increasing the efficiency and order of magnitude, well, guess what happens? It allows our price point to be really low. And it allows us to pass those uh, efficiencies to our customers. And that's the answer to your pricing question. The one-liner that I have is we've never lost a deal on pricing since we've been around. 
because we can afford to give the good quality at, at a cost that is below the market and do it efficiently and still have great financials in the company. We have enough cash flow and business that we are unlikely to ever run out of money. We, we went break even in two years back. So that's really been the, the, the innovation at the core of Checkbook, if you will. You can't see it from the outside, but, but, but we hope to show the world that we can do it efficiently and uh, at a price point that, that is efficient for our customers and uh, thereby get volume and uh, keep increasing and solving the, the problem on both sides and making a whole bunch of millions of happy payees and recipients who no longer have to either download apps or sign up for a gazillion different services and the money's in the bank as opposed to checks in the mail. Yeah, fantastic. And congrats on the break-even. It seemed over the past few years of easy money, the only achievement people used to talk about is re- raising Series B, C, More D. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. No, nobody ever seems to talk about making money, which is the whole point. So that's fantastic news. Thank you. And in terms of getting started and, and implementing your solution, of course, I'd, I'd imagine it would vary a lot based on huge companies versus smaller organizations. How do most of your customers get to you? Do they find out about you? They're searching for a solution or do you do a lot of outreach? How, how does that work? It's, yeah, in the early years, most of them came to us. We, we were really a team of, you know, few people, less than 10 people. And they came to us, but now we've started doing more outreach and people are finding out more about us. They, they get to know about us in terms of the pricing and the different tiers. We have sort of two bands. One is the SMBs, uh, the smaller businesses. Hey, I've, I've got tens or hundreds of payments and I just need a solution to take care of these. These are whether they're accounts payable or whatever is the use case. The enterprise solution has full white labeling. It has full support. It has all the, the functions and the features, multi-tier approvals, authorized users, different layers of branding that are included. They can have multiple subdomains. Larger enterprises often have companies within them that they've acquired and, and they want different brands. So depending on, on, on the needs and necessities, it's, it's tailored for the enterprise because we have a lot of workflow and optionality built in that, that is available to them in terms of, you know, across the board, selecting the payment methods. The, the type of user interface that they want to have, whether they want multi-party or what kind of single sign-on integration they want, etc. So that's how we do our pricing and business. And if you, if you want an a la carte menu, yep. we will present you one. If you just want in, grab a quick bite, then pick, pick the prefix model. That's really great to see that you're covering all the bases there. I'm assuming you're growing quite quickly, given the staggering numbers you mentioned at the beginning of check usage and volumes. So it'd be great to just hear about that, the future, what you've got planned, and also where people can meet you if you're doing any conferences or anything like that throughout this year. Sure, sure. You know, it, it's it's in a way, in a perverse way, the, the, the fact that the volume of money in paper checks has not gone down is is good because that is why we're here. We're here to get rid of paper checks. We're here to completely, I mean, I will 
I will uh, the the best day in my life, as I say, is is one one of the two things. You know, one one is when my kids accomplish something, uh, and the other one is when there's the last paper check uh, in 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 U.S. and all over the world. We say, hey, this is the one that goes in the museum because because there's going to be no more. That would be the best day in my life, and and so we are we think that the future is really really good this is a problem particularly here in the us but we're also international we we're we're in canada too and 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 growing the business there and and various other countries where the the checks are still around is you know is open territory for us right now in terms of where people can meet us and you know we we're we're here online. We're here. We're we're at various conferences. We are going to be at Money Twenty Twenty, AFP Association of Finance Professionals. We have we were earlier at some of the conferences, many of the fintech conferences earlier this year. You will see us a, a lot more. Our, our business is expanding. We can hope we we can play at ease times like this where overall there is concern about the stock market and some of the companies imploding and and in general fintech has, has sort of taken a, a beating in in the sense that the the sky high valuations the question is being asked are they sustainable we feel good about all of this because while all the hype was going on we took that time the years not months but years to build our rails to scale them to have different options available, to, to be able to do real-time payments, faster payments. So we're feeling good. This is this is opportunity for us. What what more could be asked for? There's a huge market, a TAM total addressable market, a problem that needs to be solved. We have the infrastructure and the team who can do it. Let the games begin. Brilliant. I'm gonna end on and a person. Have some fun. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna end on a personal question. And before I do on that note, for people listening, you can, you can take a look at your website at checkbook.io. And once again, that's C-H-E-C-K, checkbook.io. And on Twitter, you guys are at checkbook. And um, one personal question from me, I, th- I found it was really interesting how you know most of your career, like mine, working for US companies, but you yep. s- um, I've lived overseas. I noticed you your first job, I think, was at Matsushita at, in Japan. So that's the parent company of Panasonic, if anybody doesn't know. So um, yes, I'm, I'm kind of is. looking to leave the UK again. Um, I got stuck here during lockdowns. I wasn't even living in the UK. And I love Japan as a visitor. So I just wanted to ask you what your experience yeah. was there and what it's like working there. It was lovely. It was great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think, I mean, today's day and age, you know, people being in different countries is, you know, is not unusual. But 20 years back, it, it was... It was a slightly different world and Japan was awesome. It was a great, it was, you know, I was out of college and, and seeing it, working and living in a different culture. So it, it was, it was very, I, I would, I would repeat that in a heartbeat. I was living in the city of Tokyo, south of Tokyo and Yokohama. And then I moved to Tokyo, had a great time, made friends and, and learned different ways of doing things. And, I still have some memories of all of those things that, you know, after work, you, you, you go to the, what they call the izakaya. Uh, the izakayas are the, the Japanese word for, uh, I guess you would call it a, a bar or, or a hangout and, and some uh, really fun times there. So, uh, 
I can imagine. Maybe if you if 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 you're doing a like an anonymous podcast for for expat or you know foreign people who've lived in Tokyo and want to share their experiences, I'm sure the, that would be an excellent I'll, episode. Uh, I'll, 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 I'd I'd love to join in on that one. So it's been an exciting, you know, born in India, living in in Japan, here in Silicon Valley. It, it's been it's been really interesting to I'm able to look at things from different perspectives. That that's my one line or summary for anybody looking to go out and live and work in a different country. I would say do it in a heartbeat. Don't think twice. I totally agree. I mean, I've been out of the UK from 2004 till yeah. 2020 and yeah you even i've come back looking at the uk in a different with a different pair of eyes you yeah. can see opportunities that you didn't see before yeah. and and com- having a comparison with another nation state is really is a really big thing you know so yeah i totally agree yeah. <laughs> so yeah you have to live it yeah to, to appreciate it. yeah yeah you can't you can't soak it up on holiday yeah great stuff well thank you so much i really enjoyed that and there's been some amazing insights here I can't even believe what you said at the beginning, which is still shocking me. <laughs> Four times the volume. Numbers. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to listen to that again just to make sure you actually said that. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much and wish you all the best in future. And um, yeah, I'd love to meet you at uh, some point in the future as well. So thank you. Lovely, lovely, Shatman. Likewise. And and by the way, uh, while we were talking, we, we also incorporated C-H-E-Q-U-E. So oh. <laughs> if you go to C-H-E-Q-U-E-B-O-O-K, that works just fine. Remember, we're international, so our, our main site is C-H-E-C-K. Brilliant. But bo- both of them work, So and, and it was lovely and delightful uh, speaking with you. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. Please share this episode if you found it useful, and visit digitalmoneylab.com for more information. See you in the next episode.